Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Have you ever planned a wedding? Gathering all the details, picking a location, and making decisions can be, for most people, stressful. Enter Delaney Driver, the founder of Wilder Mind Events. Wilder Mind Events is a wedding planning service based in St. Petersburg, Florida. They take a personal approach to wedding coordination and hope to bring the fun back into the planning process. Delaney and her team believe that your special day should be free of stress. The Wilder Mind Events team has been awarded the Best of Weddings seal from thenot.com and a five-star Couples Choice Award from Wedding Wire. Here today to talk more about how she started her business and how she delivers stress-free fun events is Delaney Driver. Thanks for being on the podcast, Delaney. Thanks for having me. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your background first and kind of where did all of this start? Where did you get your start? So it's all kind of random. Um, I was born and raised in Texas. Um, Volleyball was always in my background. Long story short, um, I ended up playing beach volleyball in college and had a teammate that wanted me to come down um, to Florida for the summer. And she had mentioned, you know, just let's play in some tournaments. Basically, let's be a beach bum. So I was like, okay, I might as well find an internship or something to make this seem a little bit more legit for my parents um, to like pretty much approve for me to go down there. So I got an internship that was in the wedding industry. um, And that's kind of how I got my start. I have never been someone that's been planning weddings since they were a little girl. Um, It just kind of fell into my lap and I ended up really, really liking it. And, and that was how I got my start. So you uh, just happened to get a job in the wedding events industry, started to learn about how to do the whole thing. So it was like all on the job training. This isn't something you didn't go to school for hospitality or anything else like that when you were in college or, or anything before that. When I was in college, I was trying to focus in on hospitality. Um, but since I, it's really weird because schools in the South normally don't have hospitality. It's all up in the North that they have hospitality, but I'm like, it's Southern hospitality. Like y'all should have this as a major. (laughs) Um, so that's when I discovered it wasn't really a thing. That is a big oversight by us in the South, I think. Right. Yeah. It was like, this is so weird. Like, why is it so hard to get a hospitality degree in, in the South? Cause I went to school in Louisiana. Um, but they, yeah, they didn't have one. So I had, the idea that I wanted to do events, I thought it would be like on the corporate side, maybe music festivals, something along those lines. So events was on my radar before it turned into wedding planning. Um, weddings were not on my radar, but just events in general. 
So I got my degree in communications because I read that that is also a a background that most people get when you can't get a hospitality one. So my undergrad was in communications. <laughs> okay. So you you had the thought though that yeah, so you had the thought that you would maybe go into to hospitality uh, and so ended up doing communication. That's interesting. So what was it about um weddings that really like hit hit the nail on the head for you? Like what is it that you really loved about organizing weddings? What I really liked about it is that it it combined like my organization and my creativity and it like made a baby basically and <laughs> it made made wedding planning a thing for me because I'm I'm very organized, I'm very detail oriented, but I have always had a creative side, not in the sense to where I can like draw anything, you know, beautiful, but I've always had this kind of like creative flair to me and um I felt like with weddings it really opened up that door for me um, to be able to utilize both of those strengths in my personality. And um, I also loved how personal it was to be part of someone's, you know, one of the the biggest days of their lives. And I'm a random stranger to them that basically is coming in and witnessing this entire day and, and being involved in such an important part. And that really like I think is what made me fall in love with the weddings specifically because if I went to the corporate side, that's more of like, here's your budget, make it happen. Whereas weddings are a lot more emotional. It's a lot more personal and it's a lot more unique to who the couple is. It's never this, well, I don't want to say it's never the same thing. Sometimes weddings do end up kind of looking the same, but it it really isn't always the same thing because each couple has their own personalities and their own flair that they're bringing to their wedding. So it always has kept me on my toes and has just been a really exciting thing to be part of. So, okay. Um, that's, that's very interesting. So you, you, uh, started this internship, um, and, uh, you know, with the, the, I guess the internship was the side hustle because the main thing was playing beach volleyball. Um, or, you know, I think to your parents, you probably said it the other way, but, um, to us on the podcast, we're going to position it that way. (laughs) So what made you decide then to be like, okay, I'm going to now switch over and start my own thing. Um, and what made you make that decision? Yeah. So I also never really wanted to have my own business either. <laughs> um, that <laughs> It's just, I feel like this whole thing's been kind of random, but not. Um, so I, I worked for another event uh, company that did like flowers, rentals, and I, I got my hands into the flower side, the rental side, the planning side. I really got to see a lot of that. Um, and then that's when I was like, wow, I really hate all the rental and flower side of this. Um, don't like it, but I love the wedding planning part. So, um, that's when I kind of started getting the idea. I also had so many friends in my ear constantly. You should start your own business. You, why are you doing this? Start your own business. Like they were the ones that were, I mean, like everybody I've had random groomsmen and bridesmaids be like, you should start your own business. And I'm like, it's just so many people were telling me to do this. And so finally I was like, okay, let me think about this. Like, what would this look like? Why would I want to do this? Um, and the main reason was that I could get paid a lot more and control my own schedule. That was the motivation behind it. It was like, okay, I could make way more money working for myself, have the brand that I want to have and get to go on vacation whenever I want. Very millennial thing of me to say, but that 
it is what it is. I can go play more beach volleyball. I can be out in the sun. I can work in a coffee shop. I don't have to be in an office. Like just the whole idea of having my own business was enough for me to be like, you know what? I'm young. It doesn't work out. I'll go do something else. So I just kind of said, screw it and, and went for it a little blinded, not sure if this was exactly what I even wanted to do at the time. I mean, I believed that I could do it, but I still wasn't like sold that this would be my future. It was just kind of, let's try it and see, see where it lands. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, that's interesting that, um, you kind of positioned yourself that way. So do you like right now where you said, do you think of yourself as an entrepreneur or is this like stuff has just happened around you? No, I definitely consider myself that now. Um, you know, if you asked me this two years ago, the answer probably have been like, no. But now that we have, now that I've built it the way that I have and kind of gotten confidence in myself, you know, that this is, this is something I can do. I mean, I grew up in small town, Texas, and this is nothing to like say anything to my parents, but my future and what I've always known with what I grew up around was that women were going to get married and you have a family and you stay at home. That's what I've always imagined my future to be. And not because my parents ever pressured that, but that's just all that I saw. That's what my friends did. That's just what I saw. So when I, when I came to Florida and, and got my eyes open to a whole nother world, the idea of being a female owner was just a little taboo to me. It was just a little strange. I had no one to look up to. I didn't have any people in my life that were necessarily female entrepreneurs. So it was just kind of this like, it wasn't really scary, but it was just a very unknown thing because it's like, I've never pictured my life for the last, you know, 20 something years to be going this direction. And now I'm completely rewriting the script and doing something. And, and I don't really have anyone guiding me. I'm just going to kind of wing it and see what happens. Um, So yeah, now that I've kind of gone through all of that, have developed really good connections with other people and have gotten my feet on the ground, I definitely 1000% consider myself a female entrepreneur. Timing wise, uh, I think I saw you launched yours in March of 2020. Is that right? It is. Yes. So perfect timing for the beginning of the pandemic. So <laughs> talk to me about that. Oh, what what happened? When did you start? Was it actually before the lockdown or after yes, the lockdown? Like, no, what? It, How did that all work out? It was two weeks before the lockdown. <laughs> so I could laugh at it now. Wow. It was painful then. But I, yeah, I, I started it March 6th is the, the date that I've given myself of when it, everything was pretty much like launching. Um, and then had about two weeks and then the lockdown happened. So it was the worst, best timing um, ever. The good news is I didn't have any clients to deal with any of the reschedules. So I dodged an entire bullet that the the wedding industry really suffered from. You know, they had to reschedule everything to next year. We've never dealt with this before. There was nothing in contracts to like protect yourself against something like this. So everyone that I know, you know, did their reschedules and pretty much lost an entire year's worth of work because it was all rescheduled to the following year. So they couldn't book more weddings for 2021 because they all were reschedules. So I missed that. I dodged that bullet completely. Um, So that's something I'm very thankful for that I didn't have to deal with that side of things. Um, And then the other good thing is that since we were in a lockdown, it 
when I started in March, that's like busy season in Florida. Um, so when the the lockdown happened, everybody had nothing to do besides obviously, you know, try to reschedule things and figure out what was going on. So I really got to get the attention of a lot of vendors to be like, hey, look, I, I started my own business. Like, come with me. Like, here's all the stuff I can do. Here's what I'm trying to build. So I got the attention of a lot of people that I think I wouldn't have gotten the attention from if we were in busy season because they just would have been so busy doing their own thing. But they they could hear me out um, in this this situation. And now that everyone is, you know, they, they postponed and all of that, we're experiencing a huge wedding boom. So once again, it ended up being perfect timing because even though I didn't have events until probably the fall of 2020, I'm, I'm like so booked up. I'm going crazy over here because there's so many weddings and there's so much business to go around that it's really, it put me in a position to be really successful without me obviously knowing it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they often say, um, and people often say, and I've even said this, is that the the downtimes, the the bad times of the economy are the best times to start up a new company, a, a new business, um, because there is just so much opportunity and so much confusion and chaos um, that it's a good time for you to do uh, these kinds of things. So um, let's talk about that year then of 2020. Like you, you had this expectation that you were going to be making some money, I'm imagining, but it was really a, a year of building relationships. So how did you survive yourself? And, and like, what was, was there any revenue that first year, that, that first calendar year? Yeah, so I I got a nanny job right when the, lo- the lockdown happened. I happened to just fall into a position where I could uh, watch a newborn for three days out of the week. Um, so that ended up kind of being my side hustle while trying to build this business so that I could have some sort of steady income. Um, and with her being a newborn, she napped a lot. So I got to, when I had talked <laughs> with the the people um, that were hiring me, I was like, look, like I'm, I'm building a business. Like while she's napping, like I need to be able to answer emails, answer phone calls. Like obviously when she's awake, she'll have my attention, but like my business is my priority. And they were absolutely wonderful, completely understood it, supported it. And so that really helped me um, because I I nannied with them from 2020 until the fall of 2021. So I was with them for like a year and a half um, because they were so accommodating and able to work with my schedule. So that really helped me create like a steady income that at least paid my bills. So I knew if I didn't get any weddings, I at least wasn't going to be homeless. Um, I could have that to fall back on. And then as far as actual weddings are concerned um, and, and vendor relationships, since I had already been in the industry with another company, I already had good relationships. It was just a matter of like them coming and believing in what I did, um, which really wasn't that hard to do. It's just getting the wedding. So I was able to start building more relationships. We do these things called styled shoots where you you basically do a setup of like a fake wedding. Like you have a models, you have them in dresses, you do the design. So I did a lot of these styled shoots to like kind of prove myself to other vendors, get my name in their mouths. And then um, there's a few people that really like latched on to me and they're like, you got something special. Here's some couples. And they started sending me people. So I had about mm. 10 weddings in October, or not October, in fall of 2020. Um, maybe made twenty to $30,000 
in the wedding side for that. Um, so kind kind of made a little bit of money, but the, the nanny job is what kept me afloat. And then once 2021 hit, that's when it I had, I think I had about, I counted them and I can't remember it, but it was around 50, around 50 weddings in 2021. So it was like a- oh, For the full year of for the full 2021. Year. Yeah, yeah. So it's the entire yeah. 2021. I had about 50 weddings. So it like skyrocketed once 2021 hit. So for 2020 though, it was a good six, eight months before you had any weddings? Like from where you My started to- My first wedding was in- Actually started? It was in September. So five months. So six months from your start uh, yeah. date. Yeah. Five, six months. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So that that was that was a good bit of time, and and um, fortunately you had that side hustle. So now though, so when you started, it was just you uh, in the company. You've got an employee, at least at least one now, right? Um, yeah. When is it that you took that leap and decided like, hey, I need help. Uh, I am understaffed, and I don't, I, I can't get everything done. Yeah. So this will be another one of your like random universe looking out for me things as well, because that's just my entire story here. Um, so in 2020, fall of 2020, um, before my very first wedding, and I did have one small wedding in May. I don't want to dis- discredit that one. I had one small wedding in May, but my like main big first like full-on wedding was in September. And uh, this girl named Taylor reached out to me and she had just moved to Florida she had a background in hospitality and catering. And she was like, basically in the same situation I was, where she's like, I got nothing to do. I like weddings. Like, <laughs> do you need help? And I was like, you know what? Sure. Like, I can't pay you right now. Like, if you want to come help, though, like, you can, any tips we get, you can take that. Like, I, I can't offer you much. So, like, zero pressure if you want to come join. And she was like, no, nope, like, I got you let me come. So she actually did the first wedding with me in September. That was like our little trial run and she did wonderful. So I got super, super lucky. And I was like, look, if this whole fall works out, once 2021 weddings start hitting, I'll start paying you if you want to want to be with me. Um, And she did. So we went all the way of 2021 together. And now I'm in the works of getting her as an official employee um, to be full-time with me. But she came at a time I didn't know I needed help yet, but I definitely wouldn't have been able to do all those weddings if I didn't have somebody else with me. So it was like, once again, perfect timing. I say she was my little like gift from from God sent from above, like put a little bow on her head because she has been the biggest blessing for my my business and has been really pivotal and like my, my success and why I am able to take on so much is because I have someone else that's helping me who, who likes me, which is always good, but also is good and does things the way that I want them done. So I'm, I'm holding on to her as much as I can. So she doesn't leave me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I often say like, and I think most entrepreneurs say I'd rather be lucky than good. Uh, because man, luck will uh, get you through a lot of stuff, yeah. and, and it's just a, a surprise. And it sounds like you got pretty lucky there with with Taylor. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts.
so let's talk a little bit about um, kind of balancing life, right? Like uh, for entrepreneurs, it's a hard thing to balance work and life because these things blend together. You're in a job in in an industry where your job is usually during the times where most people are relaxing, right? Like these are usually evening events and weekend events and things like that. So how do you balance life and balance being able to take a break from everything? Now, you talked about before about being able to control your time and do vacations and things like that. So how do you manage all of that? Yeah, it's definitely difficult. Um, I feel like it's something that I'm constantly working on and getting better at. If someone has a secret like code, I would love to know because I feel like this is something that I'm forever going to be working on throughout the entire time I I am, you know, owning a business. I think it's just something that goes with it because we have busy seasons. We don't have busy seasons. So sometimes it just requires more of my time um, in certain months, which is fine. So the biggest things when I was doing the nanny job and the wedding planning, I had zero work-life balance because it was nannying, wedding planning, coming home, wedding planning more, like zero free time. Um, the, once I was ready to to move on and, and be full-time wedding planner, the the couple that I nannied for, like they knew before I even knew because they could just see the burnout on my face because I was just exhausted. So when I went full-time, I attempted to make office hours, which apparently helps. But I think with the way I function, I don't know if it really helps because I work really well at nighttime. I like to work from like 9 to 11 p.m. or midnight because no one's bothering me. So um, my schedule's a little wacky um, and it's not consistent. But I will say I do things in chunks and that seems to really help. So um, if I want to play volleyball, for instance, I'll work in the morning, I'll have meetings, then maybe at two o'clock from two to four, or two to five or whatever chunk of time I have, I'll go play volleyball, come home, cook, and then I'll work the rest of the evening. So I kind of do things in chunks and base my schedule around what I'm wanting to do that week. Um, Whether that's in the evenings, in the daytime, I thankfully now have a lot of female um, entrepreneur friends. So I am able to do stuff on weekdays and um, get to be around people on weekdays, not just weekends. But for the weekends, I am building a team. And depending on the, the package that you pick with me, you're not guaranteed to have me as the wedding planner. So we could have a wedding. Like, for instance, I could have a wedding this weekend that is a lower package and I may not be doing it. I might just be sending my team. So then I get a free weekend to myself and I can go play in a tournament. I can go somewhere for the weekend because my team's handling it. So that's kind of how I'm starting to to build the balance with my weekends. So I'm not working every weekend and same with them. Cause I don't want my team working every single weekend. Cause I don't want them burning out. So I'm trying to bring in more people so that we can have that balance where it's like, Hey, reggae rise up is happening. And I want to go to this festival and it's this weekend. Can I go? And it's like, sure. Because I have all these other girls that I can call in. So you go have fun. Um, so I definitely try to translate as much as I can of what I would want as an employee into their lives too, because I don't want them to like get burned to the ground either. If I don't want to do it, I don't want to make them do it either. <laughs> so yeah. Right. <laughs> Figuring right, it out. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah. So um, as you're kind of scaling all of this um, as a first time entrepreneur, uh, accidental entrepreneur, maybe as well, <laughs> um, are there kind of tools 
or apps or things that you use day to day that you're like, man, if this didn't exist, this would be such a harder business to run. Like, what, what are some of those those tricks that you've got? My Google Calendar runs my entire life. Um, just as simple as having a Google Calendar has saved me from so much stress. Um, I even put my personal stuff in it where it's like, okay, I want to play volleyball at this time in two weeks, chunk it off in my calendar. Now I know not to make meetings around that time. So that, as simple as Google calendars are, that has been like one of the best things to to manage my time and to also like, I can look back and I can see all these meetings I have and I can kind of evaluate every time I look at the calendar, which is very often where I'm like, man, I really jam-packed my entire March. Now I know moving forward, I don't want to do that again this month. That's why I was so burned out. So it's kind of a good reference point for me to like look at how much I'm working because everything goes on my calendar. So it's in my face at all times. I'm seeing what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, And then I also use a system called HoneyBook and that's on the wedding side. So all the contracts, invoices, proposals, all that stuff goes through HoneyBook, which is super nice. So when you go on my website and fill out a contact form, if you're like interested in using us, um, it goes directly to my email, but it's also connected through HoneyBook. So I can just click on that. And then all the information is already inputted into HoneyBook. So I don't have to like manually enter their names, wedding date, all this stuff. It just all like streamlines through the system. And then I have templates in there and ways to keep organized. You have like checklists. I have um, like these questionnaires you can fill out. So it makes it really easy to help streamline things a little bit better. So I'm not like manually entering in the same stuff for every single client because I was doing that at one point and it was taking so much of my time. Um, And then one of my photographer friends like set me down. They're like, okay, here's how it works. Let me show you all the things you can be doing. And it has been absolutely wonderful. I can even like schedule things. Like if I wanted to send a checklist, if you booked me for April of next year and I want to send you a checklist a month before your wedding, I can go ahead and schedule it for that date the second you book. And then I don't even have to think about it again because it's scheduled for when it's supposed to to send through. So that's another um, system that I use that's really nice. Yeah. Uh, the great, great pieces of advice there. Um, okay. So last question, uh, in terms of advice, um, and then I've got one, uh, about, uh, events you've done. Uh, so a couple that's, uh, planning a wedding, what advice would you give them to make their experience as smooth as possible? Ooh, as smooth as possible. Hire a wedding planner. Easy. <laughs> um, step one, hire a wedding planner. That's how you will get, and hire a good wedding planner. That's how you'll get the most smooth wedding. And then step two is, <laughs> step two is just relax, right? Like then, then relax. But yeah. if, if they can't uh, hire a wedding planner, or even if they have a wedding planner, like what could they do to make their experience a, a little bit easier on themselves and everybody else around them? So I would say probably the biggest thing, um, oh, that's hard. The vendors that you book in general, wedding planner, DJ, all that stuff, um, for lack of a better way to say it, don't be cheap with it. Hire good quality vendors that have a good reputation. If they happen to be on the cheaper side, that's great. Um, But don't try to like bargain and get people that, that have no reputation, that have no reviews, like just to save a penny because that's how your wedding gets ruined very quickly. 
Um, it's that typical you get what you pay for type thing. There's some really great quality vendors that are affordable. So I'm not saying go spend you know $10,000 on a photographer, but get quality vendors um, because they're the ones at the end, even if you, if you don't have a wedding planner, especially like those are the vendors you're relying on to make sure your day is functioning. So if they're not good and they don't know what they're doing, then it just trickles down all the way to the couple, to the guest, and the whole experience can just be terrible. So that would probably be my, my biggest advice to give you a peace of mind is hire people that are recommended by your venue, by other vendors, like hire people that have a good reputation that you can actually trust on your wedding day. Um, and then another little piece of advice is to do what you do what you want as a couple. There's so many voices that are going to be telling you what to do. Maybe it's parents, maybe it's friends. Like at the end of the day, you're getting married for a reason. And as much as I would love for everything to be a big production, it's not about that. It's about you getting married. And so I think staying centered in that experience and saying, okay, we want to do this because this is about us. And this is about our marriage and our future. I think if you have that mindset and can stay centered, it really helps you not stress on all these other things. You know, as much as I would love to have these flowers or this, like at the end of the day, why are we here? Why are we doing this? And it's not because you're going to have these like insane centerpieces. It's because you're marrying someone that you love and like that's your future. So, so staying grounded and centered is really, really important because it's easy to lose sight of, of why you're even having a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, last question. You've been through a lot of these now. Uh, what is the most unusual or interesting, crazy, whatever you want to call it, event request you've had to accomplish for a client in the past? Ooh. Okay. Let's see. I'm trying to give our listeners some ideas of things that they should ask for from their wedding planners. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I really don't get anything that's like a ridiculous request necessarily. Like my couples tend to be on the more quirky side anyway. Like I have a couple that just booked me that met at a Jimmy Buffett con concert and they're wanting to like have Jimmy Buffett like flair to their wedding. Um, I don't think that's weird at all. I'm like, that's awesome. Like let's have a seating chart with Jimmy yeah. Buffett songs. Like let's, let's go crazy with this theme. Uh, okay, Delaney, uh, if our listeners want to find you and your business, how can they do that? Yeah, there's several ways. Um, though I would say Instagram's probably going to be the, the most fun for you to follow. Um, cause I'm constantly posting. Um, and that's the, the tag is just wilder mind events. And then you can find me on my website, which is just www.wildermindevents.com. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. It's all just Wilder Mind events. So it's really easy to find, but we're on pretty much all social media. Um, and yeah, that's probably the best way, best way to find, find me. And the best way to see constant updated work would be through Instagram. Awesome. Uh, Delaney, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business Podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com 
slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find me on Twitter at at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparikh.com. 